Welcome everyone to Upping the Stash. I'm your host, Uppy. Uh, back from his little uh, time being away. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have Stash last week, but he's here now. So, Stash, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing a little bit better. Not a, not a crazy week. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I had my mind blown for two days on a subject that I know nothing about. And now I am supposedly... T- have a certificate to know everything about it. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fine. I spent all day in a hotel for two days straight. Didn't really go out anywhere, so... What the hell's wrong You would think you would be in San Diego and you would want to leave, but we were so tired, I ended up just passing out in the hotel. In the hotel yeah. room. Last time I was away from the family in San Diego, I just ended up hanging out at the hotel bar. It was sufficient enough, so... Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, what you drinking there? Well, I'm doing something a little different. Something I haven't done in a really long time. I'm doing a Modelo Negra, which is uh, dark for all you non-Spanish speakers out there, including myself. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's all right. It's a beer for tonight. Mm-hmm. For a Tuesday drinkable. recording. Yeah. yeah Perfect. It's drinkable. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing? Well, I'm in a world of misery over here. For some reason, my water heater is not working. Can't get the pilot to relight, and it's the the water heater is probably about the same exact age as my daughter, so it's barely over three years old. And so, so we were on day two with no hot water, and hopefully tomorrow we can figure what the hell's going on with it. Is it a um, Reliance or what type of water heater is it? Uh, I got it from Home Depot, so it's a Ream. Oh, Reem. But mo- even those are supposed to come with at least a six-year warranty, mm-hmm. so you should be okay. I'm sure it is. It's just troubleshooting why, like, it's it's, it's sparking, but, you know, you know, why is it not lighting? So I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever we need is covered under warranty. It's just figuring out how fast can we get it and who can I find on the cheap who will fix it. Yeah. So, with you. that said, um, plus, you know, I won't go into too much detail because um, you'll just have to tune in Sunday to our football show to hear the rest. You know, we were at the Monday Night Football game last night. Um, got back, kind of, well, we didn't get back too late. We got home about 10.30, which is not too bad at all, but I stayed up until 1, um, drinking my sorrows away and actually re-watching the game um, like an idiot. But um, so I'm drowning my sorrows tonight, and Lagunitas hop stupid. Eight um, percent alcohol by volume. It's a hundred and two IBUs, so it's it's bitter, just like me tonight. So <laughs> for for all you that didn't watch the game, just don't watch the highlights. And you know, that's how you'll know what I will say. This I uh, I, I did. I'm a worry wart. I did to some degree worry about my safety. Um, not to a large degree, but it did concern me. But um, when you have like the cutest three year old in the world wearing a home team's jersey, um, people let a lot of things slide. So we were around a lot of cool people. Um, the guy behind us, like I was holding my daughter up because she, she got right into the emotion of it. Like we all got these um, like rally towels. Um, everyone in attendance yeah. got one and uh, she was waving it around having a good time and the guy behind me because you know, I was wearing my Baker Mayfield jersey my daughter was wearing a Garoppolo jersey the guy behind me like tapped my shoulders like he's like it's such a cute moment I just want to let you know I took a photo of your guys' backs and, <laughs> and then at some yeah. point I was like I was out getting alcohol or something I, I was away from the family and um, someone in the area had yelled you know fuck browns and mrs epi made eye contact with them like oh no i'm so sorry and then the next time they yelled forget browns so we we're just around a lot of cool people who uh <laughs> understood we were the three-year-old and then people like started to give me the evil eye but then when they saw my daughter they were like 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can't. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best yeah. part was some dude. Was, I don't even know what context he meant, but he was just like, uh, like, how could you do that to your daughter? And I don't know what he meant, but I wasn't just going to like shrug my shoulders and let that one go because it was already going terribly. It, it may have been like 21 to 3 at that point. It was already yeah. like, kind of in the books. And I said, I don't know. Her mother's one who married me, so <laughs> yeah. he didn't quite get it, but like the guy behind him was like laughing hysterically. So that's but good. At least it was a good time, man. And most of the chance on the way to the, you know, they were already over by like the home team was. They were already over by the time like we were in the parking lot because they were already chanting BLA because they got the Rams this Sunday. So they were already past that game and on to the next one by the time we got to the parking lot, which is fine because I was already past that game and on to the next one <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Anyways, well, so what do we up yeah, to tonight? Well, that's good. Well, you know, the usual shit-talking type of night. A lot of stuff going on, you know. Mm. Oh, speaking I, of shit-talking, uh, I got one for you. Yeah. So okay, I, I, um, I have no shortage of conservative um, friends and acquaintances on uh, social media. And I've been seeing the one a lot about how we should impeach Nancy Pelosi. And I have gone so far as to say, you know what? There's some merits in this because you know what? I felt she took way too long to open the impeachment inquiry. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm proud for her for finally doing it. But I truly felt as though they could have been done a lot sooner. But you know, I, people are scared shitless. They they don't want to lose their midterm election next year because of this. And you know, sometimes you just honestly had to put your country ahead of. Your party. I mean, country should yeah. come before party. You, you, the rule of law and there there should be mm. norms and ethics that are involved in public policy and public administration. And <clears throat> I think she took way, way too long. And um, I'm not her biggest fan and I never will be. Me neither. Uh, because she's for the status quo and she doesn't want any mm-hmm. change. She doesn't want to rock the boat. Sure. But this is what uh, gives the Democrats the biggest um monkeyer they'll never you know be able to shake off their back is that they're a bunch of pussies mm-hmm. uh you know they're a bunch of nice guys that are being willing to be pushed over and i i i, I hate it you know i hate the fact that uh the, the more decent party is not willing to fight because if you look over the last eight years of obama's um you know presidency they were willing to take the fight for anything Mm-hmm. And when they lost, they lost big, right? When they lost the House and they lost the Senate and they just doubled down and they went for it. They said, no, we're going to go for it because our base wants us to or just because we feel like this is the right thing to do. And right. they went for it. Like mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't go, oh, we're not going to say this or we're not going to take this off the table. They just went for it. And then they paid the price when they lost. They put the gamble out there. But Jesus, they had some balls mm-hmm. and they went for it, you know. And so agree. they took their licks. So it's one thing about the Republicans that I I, uh, I don't appreciate Republicans, but that's one thing you can appreciate about Republicans is that they're they, willing to make the rules and they're willing to change yeah. the rules and mm-hmm. that yeah that I mean that's I'm just gonna say ditto to everything you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I got to realize yeah, I was just going to reinvent everything you just said. I was like, yeah, I'm not as eloquent eloquent as a yeah. speaker of stash. So, yeah, I'm just diddling and co-signing everything you just said. Okay. Well, enough about Nancy because I, I don't like her too much. Uh, let's go on to the impeachment, man. Like, uh, it's kind of crazy where we're at now. Um, where, I, where, so what, I, I, I don't keep up with enough of it like where are we at with that like because i i just read today that um that and i don't know why they think they can but um the white house is still like inhibiting people from getting the information they need like that's nothing new in the sense that there have been congressional inquiries on administrations in the past Mm mm-hmm However, there's a lot of um, back and forth that you don't see, like the sausage making of the inquiries uh-huh. and the subpoenas and the information that is wanted. And so for like a prime example of that would be um, Eric Holder and the Fast and Furious uh, thing that happened where they happened to lose all those guns to Mexico. 
uh, mm. type of thing, and they wanted mm. to know like 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 how did how did all these weapons just get lost? You know, that's why they were calling the Fast and the Furious. Gotcha. And there was a lot of information that the congressional Republicans were asking for, and Eric Holder's uh, Department of Justice was not willing to play ball, and so they were defying them. And but there was a lot of negotiations in the background about what was going to be released and not released, and things that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of that. Um, but with this administration, there's there's a lot less of I, th- I think there's going to be a lot less of that negotiation in the background and just straight stonewalling gotcha. and not giving up anything, you know. And I think a good indicator of that is when, um, you know, Sunday shows really are part of um, an administration's way of, of shaping uh, the narrative around policies and around issues that they're trying to fight for or uh, shape in their view. And when you don't have anybody in your camp or, you know, politicians or lobbyists or pundits or whatever it is mm-hmm. in your camp on those Sunday shows, you're going to really lose the narrative really fast. Gotcha. And there was nothing this past Sunday. There was no, 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 no pro uh, Trump administration, mm-hmm. anybody. On any of the Sunday shows, which is really a bad sign, a really bad sign, because uh, there's only so many times you can put Stephen Miller out there, right? <laughs> right. And so you know, and only so many times people are willing to listen to him or willing to challenge him. But when Fox News now is challenging a lot of your, um, you know, guests' uh, decisions and you know their mm-hmm. narrative, that's also a bad thing as well, right? Like. That that deflection does speak volumes, and I I do know there is now a second whistleblower, mm-hmm. and um, I've even heard reports that basically the Trump's White House is getting like so paranoid that he's now wanting to like polygraph what staffers are there to find out who who went to the press. Like they're obviously acting like they're guilty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, how bad is it that they're acting that way? That's well, what I would like yeah. Well, think about how bad it was. If you think about the process and you think about power and you put them together in one in one group, right? Or even put them in two circles and in the middle is supposed to be the process and then you're supposed to be able to have this whistleblower come out. Mm-hmm. Power, power does not want to release its power right they want to hang on to it and so the whole idea of this whistleblower process is an uphill battle altogether so to Mm -hmm. get as far as he did Mm -hmm. um shows that there may be not maybe but that there was something that occurred because what you're doing as a whistleblower is you're saying you the person in power did something wrong and i want to bring it out and tell everybody about it and you know bring bring sunshine to this um bacteria that's growing and mm. oftentimes power says no it will never come out and they did a really good job at first to try to get it to not um, a perfect example of this is uh, the department of defense um, is the only um, not even branch department of defense is the only department um, that has not been able to submit a proper accounting of their budget um, to mm. congress on a regular basis, like all other departments are, hmm. um, because one of their audits that they did do um, was uh, deemed classified, and they did that because there was huge errors in numbers, and you know where all these trillions of dollars are going, and hmm. um, right. And so imagine if a whistleblower came out and said, "Hey, man, like Department of Defense is just blowing everybody's money," which we do know, but we still manage to give trillions of dollars to anyways, <laughs> right? Right. So, right. You know, that's just one of just you know, no, no one's going to let it come out, but it's surprising that it did. But we still have whistleblowers. I mean, even even if people don't go through the system, and we see how hard the system tries to stifle whistleblowers. Look at Edward Edward Snowden. Look mm. at uh, Reality Winner. Um, look at uh, Chelsea Manning, and mm. who else do we have out there? Um, there's a couple other people. I'm not coming. I can't remember their names, but they they are all whistleblowers uh, who came out and said that we were do not we, but the government of the United States was doing these evil acts mm-hmm. or acting in, in, improperly. 
they just did it differently, and that's what the press is for. Well, how about this one where this one was so bad that Mitch McConnell actually spoke out on it against Trump and um, Trump's decision to abandon our uh, allies and the Kurds. Yeah. Like, I know that yeah, one was bad, bad enough. Thing. McConnell said, I disagree with Trump's decision, and that's kind of rare for McConnell to do. A little spineless turtle that he is. So, you want to speak on that one? Yeah, well, um, you gotta remember, uh, Saddam Hussein gassed the Kurds back in the 80s and 90s. And mm-hmm. so, but the Kurds have always been like a, I, I wouldn't say always been, but they've been an ally for a long time to beat ISIS. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you're going to get left and right that are going to come out and say, hey, what are you doing? Like, um, strategically, these are probably a large weapon buyers, the mm-hmm. Kurds, right? Mm-hmm. Where do these weapons come from that they're fighting with? Right. right. So there's all these money plays in that. So, but um, when you think about how just all of a sudden it just happened, oh, we're going to, the way they announced it just came off a little bit weird. Like, oh, the White House all of a sudden says that Turkey's going to invade uh, northern Syria where the Kurds were at and they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. um, supposedly take over these prisoners, ISIS prisoners. It just seemed weird the way they announced it, considering that. That um, that that Trump has two Trump Towers in Turkey, mm-hmm. named Trump Towers. Yeah, he doesn't. You know? name so there's a lot else. of conflict. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems weird, you know. Like yeah, but but nobody's willing to bring it up and be like, hey, hello, you get, this guy's got something weird going on. Why is it? Why is he letting it happen? Why is if, it? Take this one, is supposed to be our ally. Why does it take one phone call from the the? Prime Minister, or whatever it is from Turkey, to get him to suddenly change his mind. Um, yeah, what was said yeah, like, on that conversation? You know, well, well you know, uh, now that it brings to mind because you know I, I read and watch a lot of politics. Um, there were there was um, Kurdish protesters right outside of Turkey's um, um, ambassador um, embassy, excuse me, embassy, mm-hmm. and um, Turkish uh, security. Four Erdogan um, got out of the car and beat the shit out of those protesters. You can watch this on YouTube wow. um, and and see it. Yeah, yeah, it's it was it was nuts. Like, and Washington's uh, Washington D.C.'s police force did nothing, nothing to protect those those individuals that were out there that were practicing their their rights. So here, so here you have a foreign a foreign government. Attacking protesters that were doing what we say that you should do is peacefully mm-hmm. protest, attacking them, and then getting away with it. Yep. It's on YouTube. It's all over YouTube. You can watch it. You know, it's, there's nothing to hide. There's no video editing. It's a brutal attack. These guys were getting the shit kicked out of them. Literally, they were kicking them while they were on the ground. This poor guy's got some couple of ribs broken, too. Mm-hmm. So check that out, and then that'll add to your little flavor of like what's going on with Turkey and why that happened. Jeez. And Trump, and there was no comment from the United States government when that happened. No comment. Nothing. Not even, there was very fine people on both sides? Nope. Wow. Nothing. Radio silence. Hmm. Like it never occurred. Of course. But there's video of it everywhere, you know? So check it out, guys. It's on YouTube. Maybe we'll include the link in the show description, but it's there. You can't, I mean, you can't get away from it. What else is on the shit-talking document docket for today? Mm. We, got a, we got impeachment. It's going to happen. Yeah. Do it anyways. I mean, and we said this before. We touched on it months ago, I feel like it came up, where we even said, look, just because you know the Senate's not going to vote him out of office does not mean you still don't go through these processes. Because no one, even the president, is above the rule of law, and he done fucked up. And it should just be on the record that we abide by the rules and processes that are in place to deal with people who've done what he has done. And yes, he'll finish out his term, but you still do it, because then you're setting the precedent that the next person down the line can just do whatever the fuck they want, 
and we really don't want presidents acting that way like we certainly want to make sure someone like a Trump is a one time thing and not the beginning of a bad trend yeah definitely definitely I was I was um speaking of trends I was listening to this story I'm not I'm not like the biggest Joe Rogan fan but sometimes he does have some really interesting guests that come on mm-hmm. that are very uh, informative and um, one guy he had on was this um, British or um, journalist named Johan Johan something I can't remember his last name but I don't but he told this um, he told this story about how um, in Mexico the drug uh, the drug the drug lords that the Zeta drug um, gang that was is down there in Juarez mm-hmm. how they came to be and it was very freaking interesting because uh, he he, he has this whole book out about how it happened uh-huh. and so it turned out that uh, Mexico sent some of its best military force uh, fighting guys um, to the United States with the cooperation of like Green Beret, Navy SEALs type of thing, and they trained these elite warriors, um, you know, to fight the drug war. Mm-hmm. They spent quite a lot of money and quite a lot of time here and got a lot of training. And the minute that uh, they get back and uh, they're getting ready for duty, they defect mm-hmm. to the narcos. Yeah. And uh, they, they defect to the cartels and ultimately become the Zetsa cartel. Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> so it's just like another, uh, another, um, Al Qaeda, you know, uh, Taliban type of thing where we train them and then they, they defect. And then here we are again in the same situation where we're fighting a supposed drug war against people that we've trained and give military aid to. <laughs> All right. Which, that was nuts. You know, that was, that was weird. That's crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Things I things I watch are just my mind never shuts up. Another thing that I this one's crazy. This one's gonna trip you out. Okay. Um, two things. Okay. So um, first thing is um, we're the only animals, or actually the only beings on this planet that know of our impending doom. Right? Know that we're gonna die one day. Mm-hmm. No other creature in this world knows that except for us. Wow. How do we get? It's so nuts, lucky? right? Right. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> right? What do you what 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 would we do, right? You're if we I do you think we'd live better or more normal lives if we decided or if we somehow like like on Avengers just snapped and we didn't know we were gonna die, we just lived. <laughs> huh. Would we? Would we have better lives? I, I I can make an argument in both ways, but I think initially I would think, yeah, if you didn't know you were going to die, then it would probably make you more prone to just being lazier. Hey, life goes on forever. You know. Yeah, you just go. There's always tomorrow. And then it ends. But then you don't really mourn it. You know, elephants and and dolphins and, and um, uh, killer whales are like the few that mourn. Mm-hmm. You know, right? But you know, but I mean, I know I'm going to die eventually, and that still doesn't save me and millions of others from being procrastinators. So <laughs> you are who you are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, but at least if but I didn't know I was going to die, then I would feel less guilty about it. It's weird. It's weird to think about because, and then and then I found out from this guy who works for a mortuary at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes in quite quite frequently. Said that um, what they do is that they request the animal, uh, the pet that that's lived with the deceased, um, to come and smell the body before they leave with the body. And I said, well, why do you do that? Oh, he said because the animals somehow know that the soul is left or something. Not the soul. He didn't want to say soul, but that they, that they they're no longer that there. Dead, yeah, yeah, um, that they're no longer there. Um, they, said, they really he goes. Oh yeah, they even Weird. suggest that with cats. Like if you have multiple cats in a household and one of them dies, mm-hmm. like you're, you're supposed to let the other cats kind of know, you know, yeah. that way they can probably fight for the territory the other one previously held. But 
Yeah. For even as assholes cats are, they even suggest, you know, (laughs) multiple cat households, you do that process as well. But I imagine it means more if you were someone who had, like, a dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they said the dog needs to sniff so that they don't go waiting at the door at 4 p.m. every day. Right. You know, their internal clock's not waiting. That's crazy. You know. Shit don't get a dog. A week, have know? more kids. If you're gonna get a dog, just have more kids. Yeah, they're way more fun. Um, they do eat and poop, but so yeah, so do the dogs. The yeah. dogs are perpetual toddlers. They're always yeah. gonna need you all the time. Yeah. The humans come with a tax write-off and eventually get out of your mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, and and and. They can take care of you when you can't wipe your butt anymore. If you've done a good job, then yeah. (laughs) If not, you better hope they spring for at least a bronze package. (laughs) You know, there's always that part of it. You know. Um, Yeah, just, I don't know. I don't have a dog. I have a cat. So he's only around when he wants to eat and drink food, eat eat and drink. But other than that, he's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Comes back around when he's, you know, not chasing other cats. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. Some of the shit we learn. That's weird. And then I heard another crazy story about this girl who um, who who lost her daughter. Her daughter was killed. And uh, the police wouldn't do anything about it. And it was kind of nuts, like, how it all played out because... It, she lived in a state where it was really, um, uh, it was a drug, it was a drug cartel controlled, and um, she refused to believe that the police um, just couldn't do anything about it, and mm. it became such a big deal for her that she's finally started going around the state looking for this guy that killed her, her daughter, um, which happened to also be this the father of the baby that they had together. Um, and her really? daughter was only like 14 and her the, the guy was like 21 and so you know she ended up having a baby with the guy wow and um she traveled all over the state and um ended up um in Chihuahua in this in the capital um in for Juarez is uh Chihuahua and cab, you know camped out in front of the governor's office the mansion to to, to uh, protest the fact that hey we have all these mi- missing women and children and uh, she gained so much nor- notoriety for it that, uh, you know, all the moms and fathers and parents were, you know, begging for their kids to be found and something to be done. And um, during one of her last days about, you know, hey, like this guy killed my, my daughter. We know he did it because we had a trial and he was acquitted um, for it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, he said he said he did it on, on the stand and he apologized for it. But because he was part of the the drug cartel that... Um, he was acquitted, and when you um, are that power and part of such a powerful organization that controls seventy percent of an economy, things mm-hmm. just happen. You know, the cops do it for you. Um, um, she was killed at at at, at the mansion. Um, a guy just walked up and shot her in the head um, oh, right geez. then and there, in a crowd, in, in a crowded space, just like it was nothing. Huh. So yeah, it's nuts. You know, what you what you hear. These stories are crazy, man. Joe Rogan has some good ones. Has some good people that come on and talk about it. Mm-hmm. He also brought another point up about um, that when we say drug-related um, crimes or if they're drug-related uh, activities, uh, that, that it distorts the view of what we mean by drug-related. And mm-hmm. the guy brought up a good point. And he said, you know, drug-related... And the real true technical term means that you're on this drug-fueled event, right? That you are the one that's consuming the drugs and this event happened. And that's drug-related, right? Mm -hmm. Versus where it's property crime where you're not on the drug but you committed a crime so that you can go get the drug. So that's property crime, right? And there's no really um, violent event that happened um, versus um, now it's not drug-related. It is actually... Um, it's a it's a drug issue. So those individuals that are part of the distribution are fighting each other, 
for mm-hmm. that access for for distribution, right? So it's not drug related; it's drug access. You know, the, the ability to get the drug out there to people, and are they going to pay you for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he brought up the good point of like, there is no in today's modern in today's modern society in America or anywhere that uh, there are two uh, beverage companies fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So Budweiser is not fighting Coors, right? They're not killing each other for drug, you know, for their access, for the distribution rights. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's not so much that it's drug related, but it's more of the distribution and access of it. That's weird. That's one of the few times I actually watched Joe Rogan, you know, (laughs) one of the few. I can say I never actually have, to be honest. (laughs) You're not missing. You're not missing much. These are just like, it's a hit and miss. So I'm going to make a slight quick change of subject here because I've been meaning to do this for literally like months and I have forgotten. Yeah. But we've made a point that whenever we actually get a review on Apple Podcasts, we've read it out. And back in late um, August, we got another five-star review. And just every week I keep forgetting because it's not like – I kind of remember before we do the football show, but it's not a football show thing. So I have – and then, you know, so anyways, I, I'm really impressed with this one because this one comes to us from another dimension, perhaps, because uh, L. Ron Hubbard left us a review. Uh, <laughs> so maybe there was something to his uh, Scientology we don't know about that he still mm. is living beyond on the other side. Nice. Congratulations. Um, he he must um, love him some idiotville because he says great show needs more Brent Liberty. So, Aaron um, <laughs> Hubbard, if you're listening, I hope you know we would love to have Brent Liberty on more. The problem is he lives on a different coast. Um, yeah, if we lived in the same time zone as the idiotville guys, Brent specifically in your case, Elron, um, we would have them on more definitely. So, um, thank oh, yeah. you for taking yeah. the time out of your busy eternal life to leave us a five-star review on apple <laughs> thank you thank you mr hubbard thank i didn't know you, you had access much. to podcast in hell but i guess you do <laughs> <laughs> oh wherever he's at right purgatory maybe Xenon. yeah pur- yeah whatever they call it now <laughs> so you want to take a quick break and we'll come back to it ah no no we just keep going Probably don't have too much longer here. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I got the the right signal here. So we are going to take a short, quick break um, to refuel, and we'll be back in just a few. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the little... uh, Little ditty stash room there for you. He uh, is so kind to edit this episode for us today. Um, before we came back on, we were discussing sports. And it started with Antonio Brown. Then it moved to the Miami Dolphins. And then it finished with the Lakers. So, um, yeah. Sports. Any, any true shit-talking sports like we can do right now? Yeah, actually, I got. I'm wearing my Dodgers shirt, everybody. So just so you know, um, I don't know how well we'll do in the playoffs. I think we'll. I I've, I have a good belief we'll make it, but will we will make it? Make it? I don't know. We have a weird way of shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> like. Like two of LA's teams, you know, maybe three. So it's maybe call it the LA curse. I don't know. We'll see. October's here. We're here. We won't. You know. I don't know. No. I don't want to jinx us, but gosh, I hope we. I hope we finally get one, and we have a good parade. Nah, I think you'll continue your yearly tradition like we have done ours. We um, chase it. We ace. We. Made our wild. We won our ninety-seven games. Made it to the wild card just to lose. Just as well, the Dodgers will make their way to the World Series to somehow blow it again. 
again. And I wish he would break through. I mean, like I don't like the Dodgers, but any chance I have to mock Giants fans, I appreciate it. And it makes it harder to mock them when you lose the World Series. Um, I tried and tried and tried last year to point out that they had the second highest payroll in baseball and had the worst record. They don't seem to want to care. All they see is, oh, Dodgers lost. Well, Dodgers at least gave their fans a reason to show up. You know, your team just fucking sucks. So on that level, I hope you do. I hope this is the year that you finally get over the hump. Um, Because I I love being on Facebook, not talking politics once in a while. And I love love taunting Giants fans. So please, 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 please just get it done this year. And then go away. Well, here's the thing, like, analytics and baseball are like go hand in hand mm-hmm. and so you'd wonder like I, I guess you would have to like ask what how is it that you can rely so much on that dat on that data on the numbers uh, on the page and you still can't figure out how to beat you know that one team when when your whole your whole off season you're trying to build it you know you're trading you're letting go people um, you know, well, the st- acquiring out of the miners and I don't know. To steal a line from Billy Bean, my shit don't work in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, the the data and the analytics can only get you so far, and then at some point it just comes down to humans. It's just baseball. And yeah, it's just once baseball. you get to the playoffs, it's about the humans. And yeah. I mean, can't say I'm not mm. a little bit jealous. Your your team has money to spend. They spend it. They have spent it mostly wisely. And you at least have been in the show the last couple of years and probably this year and probably next year because yeah. I think the rest of the NLS is crap. So I think you clinched your division like two years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was like August yeah, yeah, yeah. and you guys clinched your division. So. You know, we had to wait till like three days before the end of the season just to clinch a wild card berth. So, yeah, but remember though, the Yankees lost to the Oakland A's. <laughs> so, you know, like one of the best teams in the in in the whole Major League Baseball. Well, the A's were really good. To... Like, let's not forget the fact that they still almost won a hundred games. The problem is yeah. they were built to win series, a best of five or a best of seven, and. <clears throat> I mean, I, I talked with a few A's fans, you know, in my, my inner circle, and we, we all kind of had the same thought was the one-game playoff scared us. But if we could get past the wild-card game, yeah. we were able to beat anyone because we had been torching the Yankees. We had been torching the Astros. Like, that was a team that if they could have gotten over that one game probably had a legit shot at the World Series, but they just can't get past that one game. And we now hold the record for most – Wildcard games lost, so there's that. Yeah, have, that sucks though because if you can get past the the Astros and the Yankees, and not and not just like not just uh, uh, get past them, but really hurt them. Mm-hmm. I the last series, not the previous series of the last, was really like I was like, wow, if you can beat the Yankees like that, then mm-hmm. you know you deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it, it and and if you can put a heart against the Yankees at five hundred, you know, like come on, you could, you can do it. We'll see. Yeah. You got a lot of smarts and and up there in Oakland, but they're not using it properly. You no, know, a what? lot of Stanford, a lot of Stanford graduates, they end up working for um, Oakland A's. Well, so. we started the trend. Um, you know. Limited payroll can only take you so far, and that's where we're at. And mm. yeah, and they may they may need to move into the San Francisco Bay Area. Then they are in the San money. Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> no, no window into the nicer area where the, all the tech guys live, and they want to be an Oakland A's fan. Well, they can't. So there's that. They should be. They should be called the Oakland A's, but like play in San Francisco Stadium. Mm. It could happen. I'm just saying. I mean like look at look at um look at the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. 
<laughs> yeah, but they're still in okay. Anaheim. Though. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, but but they're of Los Angeles. I mean, look at look at the New York um, Jets, right? They play in like New Jersey, right, or something. Mm-hmm. True, and, but they're called New York. And then who else is it? Look at some New York, um, the Buffalo Bills. No, wait, not them. They're still in New York. Yeah, so and the Giants still. In, um, you know, you, you you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, you you can can we be just called something else, but like play somewhere like different? Yeah, they they considered you know? that when they were trying to move to Fremont. Um, and they chose Fremont because Fremont was as close as they could get to Santa Clara County without actually being in Santa Clara County. And at the time, they were considering being called, like, the Silicon Valley A's of Oakland or something. You know, like, they were trying some funky thing. Like, the A's managing partner had a fascination with what Artie Moreno did down in Anaheim. But... No, they're 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 forever gonna be the Oakland A's. They're they're working on a stadium right now. Um, I think it's tied up in the courts now. I think the city of Oakland sued. So, <laughs> what if what if what if Google just bought themselves a team? What if Google just said, "I I want a baseball team. This is our team, and we're called Google." They could. I don't know where they're putting the team though. They bought out the Oakland A's. They're called Google now. It'd but they're crazy. staying in Oakland? Yeah. Oh. The Oakland Googles. I'm sure they could if they really wanted to. But... <laughs> Would you wear an Oakland Googles? Sure. I don't care. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. yeah. And, and, they, and they're just like, all right, we'll just spend all the money that we can, and we'll buy whatever freak. We'll get all the players that we need, and uh, we'll win this. But game. they won't because it's all about making a profit. And yeah. they're not the Haas family who's just going to run a charity, you know. They're not going to spend more money than they're bringing in. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And the A's are confined to Oakland. But now Major League Baseball threatened the city with if they don't draw their lawsuit, then the A's will consider moving to Las Vegas. So I don't know where we're at. Yeah, the stadium is not the most prettiest of all stadiums. Oh no, no. I mean, they're they're. I've been there several times and uh, was not impressed. But the people were nice that worked there. Mm-hmm. Some of the people who are drink there are not very nice, and I've had to encounter them on a very important trip, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was a lot of fun. Wow! <laughs> Thank you, Oakland A's fans. For being nice. Well, if you're from LA area, <laughs> and we were on a on a trip, <clears throat> on a on a sanctioned trip, and that was part of one of our outings, and uh, we got into a rude conversation with some very um, inebriated Oakland A's fans while we were there. So, no, had to have security come over and take over because I wasn't gonna turn into a Dodger fan at a sanctioned trip. <laughs> so I was getting paid to be there. Mm. So I was getting paid to be civil. <laughs> civil I was. Wow. And I didn't have anything to drink either. So that helped. Well, let's not forget how much NorCal hates SoCal, so Oh yeah. If I would have if I would have just really opened up my, my sweatshirt and shown my LA mm. colors, then it would have been on like Donkey yeah. Kong. I'm like, bitch, I'm not here. I'm not here for this. All right. Let's do this. I'll throw you off the balcony. All right. You don't know you don't know who I am. You don't want to do this. I throw chairs at people. Uh. Yeah, I throw <laughs> chairs at people. <laughs> but no, so they they have done some nice upgrade over the years, so they have this nice place, uh called the Treehouse now. It's a nice little hip area with a nice bar. Um most yeah, it's a slightly younger adult crowd, and it's a fun we're little... Third, it's like, we're third, what base, we're, we're on the baseline? Oh, no, it's like in the outfield of the football area of the stadium. Um, okay. You're going there mostly for the social aspect, then you are going for actually having a okay. decent sight line to the game. But they also have... Uh, you can tell that they're prepping to try a new stadium like they built, you know, especially knowing that the Raiders are gone here pretty soon. 
they've added new um, sections, little, I don't know, we would call them lounge areas, like I know in right field, I think there was a seating section. It used to be a barbecue terrace. They turned into like a little Budweiser section. And left field, which was the other barbecue terrace, like right beyond like, you know, the outfield wall. They have Golden Road one. So they, they've built like these little built-in communities into the ballpark. Um, but when we're, when we're there with our friends and not with the kids, we, we like hanging out near the treehouse. So yeah. you find someone with their A's access pass and then everything is half off. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Because it, it makes everything so much more affordable, especially when you go with two friends who have more money than you. Um, so like you get like the helmet nachos which will feed a hungry adult and instead of 15 bucks yeah. they're only 750 so you buy it's like two for one and the same thing with the alcohol your alcohol is 50 percent off too so your 15 dollars yeah. souvenir margarita is now 750 so there you go yeah and then parking is only 10 with those passes instead of 30 so we're actually looking um into buying into the program next year because i think they allow you to stack the thing so like you buy one so if, i think for like 240 bucks you can get one and attend like 24 games but you don't have to go to like okay. 24 games you can actually stack it where like i want it four tickets for six games so that's what we're looking into doing and then like i said the discounted parking let's go on tuesday nights and tuesday night street parking anyways at the coliseum and then half off everything there so take a couple of friends mm-hmm. Get drunk, maybe watch a game. Yeah. You know, we kind of barely watched the game the last two times we went. We were, just, <laughs> we were enjoying yeah, our time away right. from the kids. So, <laughs> well, it's not even as, not even expensive anymore because it's a uh, instead of fifteen and seven, which right. makes it easier than it is. It's a lot easier to stomach. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, huh. Well, we went to the fair and it was like five dollars a freaking water bottle. Oh, jeez. And I was like, damn, why does my little just drink keep drinking beer? For, for this price yeah well shoot we were just at so, Levi's Stadium last night and a, bo- a bottle of water was only $2 so the fair is more expensive yeah. than a professional football game SoCal Fair yeah in Paris yeah huh. the Paris Fairgrounds nice yeah and you know what and here's and here's the sad part I, I, I didn't even drink a beer hmm. and and I was getting charged I was getting charged beer prices for water on a Monday night Ugh. No, even up here, yeah. beer at the fair is more expensive than that. Um, yeah, no. Cause we it's, we went to our yeah. fair back in July, and that had a decent amount of dust bowl. So, because our fair is in Turlock and okay. dust bowl is in Turlock. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you get you get that. Yeah. I want to say it was still probably or, seven or eight dollars. But yeah. I had plenty. Come on, Paris fairgrounds. Jesus, Paris Fairgrounds, come on. You can't charge me freaking $5 for a water. Next time, you know what? I might be a vendor, and all I'm going to do on those hot days for as a vendor, I'm going to sell cheap water just to outsell everybody else because right. I'll sell in quantity and not so much in price, right? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, think of Vegas. If you can stomach the heat, I bet those people on the strip with that cooler full of ice water that they're only selling for a dollar probably make a killing. Make it killing. Yeah, but you just have to be able to handle the heat. But I mean, if you live down there, you can because you see the people in the silly like Mario costumes all the time. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're they're they've got probably like at least a fifty pack in there, mm-hmm. you know, and they only spent twenty five bucks. It was twelve bucks each freaking twenty four pack. Mm-hmm. There you go. They've already doubled their money for probably the day. not even that. I mean, sometimes you know, because there's an Albertsons not too far from the strip. And Albertsons is more of a, it's not a high class grocery chain, so they probably got a twenty four pack for three ninety nine on sale. Yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> Just yeah. they're, I'm gonna do that because and that was ridiculous. Fist. I was like, man, it's yep. five freaking dollars for one water bottle. I was so pissed. I'm like, and I'm not even drinking a beer. You know, Just go. that's what that's what made me the most. I, that's what I was the most irritated because of that. I was like, all right, if I was drinking a beer, I'd be like, all right, five bucks for a water, fine. But if you're gonna charge me the same price as like 
six dollars more, I'm gonna go get a beer because it's probably like twelve bucks over there for a beer. Well, the question maybe is maybe even a little bit less. The question is why didn't you? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't feeling it. Uh-huh. I, we went to go watch a monster rally, and I was like, "Yeah," and and I was already tired from the week. And if I had started drinking, I would have just been in shutdown mode. I would have started falling asleep. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you when start I, drinking and then you stop drinking. If you just keep drinking, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. The problem is you just have no, to commit no. to it, and as soon as you get home, you keep drinking. Like. <laughs> yeah, just just keep going. No, when I get when I get that super tired, I know. I know that the minute that I start drinking and then um, if we sit down for that monster truck rally mm-hmm. thing, because that's what we really went for was monster truck, I, I would have probably would have started mm-hmm. falling asleep because I, I was already tired when we got there. Gotcha. I was, I was already ready. Like, uh, I got home. I got home and uh, I needed to kind of clean up a little bit. And I said, well, I'm going to kind of sit down for a second and then I'm going to go clean up. I was already falling asleep sitting down. I was already ready to take a nap. <laughs> That's how tired I was from the, my my last week of mm. everything that went on. So I said, "No, I'll wait. I'll wait till I get home or the next day, so that I don't feel like as tired as I do, so I can really enjoy it." Right. So, yeah, no. At thirty, at thirty six, approaching thirty seven, I'm starting to know like, eh, I don't need it. I'll wait till I get home because I will fall asleep. <laughs> well, I think that is a perfect place to leave off for tonight and then um just want to remind everyone uh please find us on facebook upbeat and the stash podcast find us on twitter upbeat and stash that's a capital u and capital s um you can even email us at upbeatstashpodcast at gmail.com um maybe someday we'll start a patreon so we can get better equipment so you don't have to keep hearing this damn train outside my house uh, I promise you, I'm not even that close to the train tracks. These microphones are just that good. Um, just pick it up, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, please uh, join the our social media community and uh, tell a friend. Uh, rate us five stars, as you just heard tonight. We will um, read it on air. We love to do it, especially if you're coming to us from the grave. Um, it's even better. And um, <laughs> Elron Hubbard. <laughs> So, uh, we have the best fans. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, just uh, engage with us. Tell a friend. We need more fans. Um, we need more listens. And if you uh, rate us five stars, that um, increases the likelihood more people will be um, able to, you know, find our show as well. So, with that said, Stash, do you have any parting words? That train sounds fucking awesome in the background. It's good thing I'm not trying now to Now it's gone. <laughs> now it's gone. <laughs> I can still hear it. Check it, check it, check it. Yeah, I can still hear it, but it's not good. Um, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> train's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> train sounds awesome. Um, well, it's not the football show, so I can't go with what I say at the end of the football shows. But uh, just good to get back on, do a regular show. Um, yeah. You know, as much mm-hmm. as I love doing the football shows... Um, because it's a slightly dumber topic than trying to produce good content um, during the week. So, But it was nice to get back on, um, you know, uh, f- for the uplifting mood. Circle back to the beginning, like I said, you know, with stupid water heater issues. Um, you don't realize how much you need or uh, hot water until you can't have it. Just like the time we had to go without a microwave for a while. Like the time you had to go months without a fridge. You don't realize how much you take for granted the smallest, dumbest things. So, um, I won't say a prayer for me. Um, cross your fingers that we get this figured out soon because we need to bathe. And it's not like it's 100 degrees out anymore. So, cold shower is not going to cut it this time of year. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with that said, um, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to listen to us on Sunday um, for our weekly football show. And until next time, we wish you good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Most of my Latino and black people who are struggling to get food, clothes, and shelter in the hood are so concerned with that, that philosophizing about freedom and socialist democracy is usually, unfortunately, beyond their rationale. 
They don't realize that America can't exist without separating them from their identity. Because if we had some sense of who we really are, there's no way in hell we'd allow this country to push its genocidal consensus on our homelands. This ignorance exists, but it can be destroyed. Niggas talk about change and working within the system to achieve that. The problem with always being a conformist is that when you try to change the system from within, it's not you who changes the system, it's the system that will eventually change you. There is usually nothing wrong with compromising a situation, but compromising yourself in a situation is another story completely. And I have seen this happen long enough in the few years that I've been alive to know that it's a serious problem. Latino America is a huge colony of countries whose presidents are cowards in the face of economic imperialism. You see, third world countries are rich places, abundant in resources, and many of these countries have the capacity to feed their starving people and the children we always see digging for food and trash on commercials. But plutocracies, in other words, a government run by the rich such as this one, and traditionally oppressive European states, force the third world into buying overpriced unnecessary goods while exporting huge portions of their natural resources. I'm quite sure that people will look upon my attitude and sentiments and look for hypocrisy and hatred in my words. My revolution is born out of love for my people, not hatred for others. You see, most of Latinos are here because of the great inflation that was caused by American companies in Latin America. Aside from that, many are seeking a life away from the puppet democracies that were funded by the United States. Places like El Salvador, Guatemala, Peru, Colombia, Nicaragua, Ecuador, and República Dominicana. And not just Spanish-speaking countries either, but Haiti and Jamaica as well. As different as we have been taught to look at each other by colonial society, we are in the same struggle. And until we realize that, we'll be fighting for scraps from the table of a system that has kept us subservient instead of being self-determined. And that's why we have no control over when the embargo will stop in Cuba or when the bombs will stop dropping in Vieques. But you see, here in America, the attitude that is fed to us is that outside of America, there live lesser people. Fuck them, let them fend for themselves. No, fuck you. They are you. No matter how much you want to dye your hair blonde and put fake eyes in or follow an anorexic standard of beauty or no matter how many diamonds you buy from people who exploit your own brutally to get them, no matter what kind of car you drive or what kind of fancy clothes you put on, you will never be them. They're always going to look at you as nothing but a little monkey. I'd rather be proud of what I am rather than desperately try to be something I'm really not just to fit in. And whether we want to accept it or not, that's what this culture or lack of culture is feeding us. I want a better life for my family and for my children, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of millions of lives in my homeland. We're given the idea that if we didn't have these people to exploit, that America wouldn't be rich enough to let us have these little petty material things in our lives and basic standards of living. No, that's wrong. It's the business giants and the government officials who make all the real money. We have whatever they kick down to us. My enemy is not the average white man. It's not the kid down the block or the kids I see on the street. My enemy is the white man I don't see. The people in the White House, the corporate monopoly owners, fake liberal politicians, those are my enemies. The generals of the armies that are mostly conservative, those are the real motherfuckers that I need to bring it to. Not the poor, broke, country-ass soldier that's too stupid to know shit about the way things are set up. In fact, I have more in common with most working and middle-class white people than I do with most rich black and Latino people. As much as racism bleeds America, we need to understand that classism is the real issue. Many of us are in the same boat, and it's sinking, while these bougie motherfuckers ride on the luxury liner. And as long as we keep fighting over kicking people out of the little boat we're all in, we're gonna miss an opportunity to gain a better standard of living as a whole. In other words, I don't want to escape the plantation. I wanna come back, free all my people, hang the motherfucker that kept me there, and burn the house to the goddamn ground. I wanna take over the encomienda and give it back to the people who work the land. You cannot change the past, but you can make the future. And anyone who tells you different is a fucking lethargic devil. I don't look at a few token Latinos and black people in the public eye as some type of achievement for my people as a whole. Most of those successful individuals are just sellouts and house Negroes. But I don't consider brothers a sellout if they
can't move out of the ghetto Poverty has nothing to do with our people It's not in our culture to be poor That's only been the last 500 years of our history Look at the last 2,000 years of our existence And what we brought to the world in terms of science, mathematics, agriculture and forms of government You know the idea of a confederation of provinces Where one federal government controls the states The Europeans who came to this country stole that idea from the Iroquois League the idea of impeaching a ruler comes from an Aztec tradition. That's why Montezuma was stoned to death by his own people, because he represented the agenda of white Spaniards once he was captured, not the Aztec people who would become Mexicans. So in conclusion, I'm not going to vote for anybody just because they black or Latino. They have to truly represent the community and represent what's good for all of us proletariat. Porque si no, entonces te mando pa'l carajo, cabrón, gusano, hijo de puta. Seramos libres pronto. ¡Viva la revolución! ¡Viva la revolución!